Mother's Day is almost here, and you can get her the most beautiful time-tested gift around, a watch she can wear every day from Movement. Whether your mom is into classic dress watches, rare and refined ceramics, or tried-and-true bestsellers, Movement has something she'll love. And right now, everything at Movement is up to 50% off site-wide during their Mother's Day sale. A watch is a gift that celebrates all the time you spent with mom. And a Movement watch is even more than that. Movement uses industry-leading materials for their fresh modern watch designs, from technically complex ceramics to vintage-inspired style, all for an incredible value your wrist and wallet will both love. And with one-size-fits-all convenience and fast-free shipping and returns, it's a stress-free shopping experience. Save big on the best Mother's Day gift ever with Movement. Get up to 50% off site-wide during their Mother's Day sale at MVMT.com. Again, that's up to 50% off at MVMT.com. Welcome to Season 4 of The Agile Brand with Greg Kilstrom, where we discuss business agility through customer experience, employee experience, and digital transformation. I'm your host, Greg Kilstrom. The Agile World Podcast is brought to you by Tech Systems, an industry leader in full-stack technology services, talent services, and real-world application. For more information, go to TechSystems.com. To read more about the topics discussed on this show, you can go to my website at gregkillstrom.com and read my latest articles or get a copy of my latest book, Meaningful Measurement of the Customer Experience, now available on Amazon and other retailers. My name is Greg Kilstrom, and I'm the host of the Agile Brand Podcast. Today, we're going to talk about how brands manage expectations and the well-being of their audience and employees. To help me discuss this topic, I'd like to welcome Julius Geis, founder and CEO of MUA. Julius, welcome to the show. Hey, Craig. Thanks. Thanks for having me. Yeah, uh, looking forward to talking about this with you. So uh, why don't you start by giving me a little background on yourself as well as what you're currently doing with MUA? Yeah, yeah, I would love to. Um, I, my name is Julius. I'm born and raised in Germany. Um, went to school there, uh, got my education there, um, also started my first business in Germany um, before I moved over to the United States in 2016. Um, most of my career I worked in, you know, worked as a brand strategist, um, consulted smaller brands and larger corporations. And uh, today I'm mainly focusing on, this, on my startup, uh, which is MUA, and um, here we are focusing on the, you know, building cultures around mental health and happiness of, of working people. Wonderful. Well, uh, let's, let's start, uh, dive a, a little bit more into, into MUA and, and what you're doing there. So um, can you explain what it means and, and a little more of what it's all about? Yeah. Uh, MUA stands for uh, literally me, us, all. <laughs> and <laughs> this, this story is... <laughs> Um, you know, when, when I when I created it, it, it was you know I got this idea of of Mua, and maybe I can segue a little bit into you know why I started in the first place. And yeah. um, it, it, I was, uh, as I mentioned earlier, I worked in branding before, and 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 and, and I use branding in a very specific uh, term. I used it for cultural building and change management. So my branding approach was less focused on the external aspects of a brand like a logo or how a brand looks and all these kind of things so my approach is more you know how to um, use an intrinsic view or how to build an in intrinsic identity and how do we use that then to build kind of like the foundation on on, on how on 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 how a company is built upon 
And, um, you know, when I was working with um, leaders, CEOs and, 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 and different teams, um, many times I experienced when it came to the part of let's create the new vision or let's define who we want to be and how do we want to serve as a company, that um, in these workshops, leaders were super clear in you know why they're in why they're in business and and why they do what they do and it was super exciting for me and i thought you know we have that nailed down and it will work just fine however about two or three weeks later when i would check in with those uh, same people and said you know how's it going and how's the new strategy coming along how do you you know how's the how's the implementation stage so to say I would usually hear the same response, uh, which would, uh, you know, I didn't have time, uh, I was super busy, you know, there were other things more important, and you know, all these kind of excuses or these these um, states that I guess we all have experienced before that you know we just we just didn't do it what we have you know what we have intended to do. And um, as a strategist, I was just wondering, you know, well, how can I how can I fix that? Because a strategy is worth nothing, in my opinion, if it can't get implemented, right? Right. So, right. so I was um, kind of like inspired by um, my my own personal development that I have, um, you know, that I experienced, um, which which had to do with meditation and and mindfulness practices and these kind of things. And um, I used one of these techniques um, and thought, you know, how about I create a vehicle for these leaders that when we leave the workshop, I give them a tool so they can track from there on what they're actually doing. Like, you know, that, that they have a control about, you know, what they have intended to do is actually what they're doing throughout their day because most of the time they got caught up at what I call the autopilot. And I, I, and I wanted something to prevent them to go back to that program. And that was the starting point of, of MUA. Um, and, and it's basically, it's connecting daily activities with emotions. So you, you write down whatever you do throughout the day, and it's literally writing down from drinking a coffee to having a phone call to writing an email, it's very specific. And then you connect it with one of our three symbols. And by doing that, um, a person starts to pause and reflect. And by just doing that small exercise, you identifying those moments in time when you would kind of like segue away from your, you know, initial, uh, your initial intention and when you would go back into the autopilot. And, and, and that concept kind of like led through building a whole company and a whole system around, around it. What are some of the symptoms of, you know, organizations that do, that do go back to autopilot? Again, best intentions, they go through exercises and they, they mean very well, but then, you know, to your point a month later, or so they're, they're back there. Like how, how does, how does someone know if they're, if they're on autopilot? I mean, this is exactly the tricky part because we usually don't. I mean, this is this is the, the definition of the autopilot that we're not aware that someone else is driving our car right now. We're only aware um, if we ask the question, who is driving the car right now, if that makes any sense. So yeah. if you don't ask the question as an organization, you don't know. And that's, in my experience, when an organization gets fatigued, or you know struggles with innovation or um, struggles with any kind of change because you know again even if the intention was good at the beginning 
since there is no environment that makes a company like a company and organization pause and reflect we usually just go back to what we are used to like which is that program that autopilot and without even recognizing it so it's very crucial for a company to build in mechanisms that make you pause and simply ask the question like and it can be as simple as like who is driving the car like if you use that uh, metaphor in you know of autopilot yeah. in, in in car driving as far as the the goal of your brand mua what's what what are you hoping to accomplish with that we want to help companies to um to exactly uh, pause and reflect to give them tools a system around it that um, allow them to actually create a sustainable environment um, that you know a sustainable environment around the topic of mental health and happiness because when it comes to mental health and happiness the autopilot is a very crucial state as like it's a very crucial component as well um, because it, it does the same thing like if you are on autopilot you do a lot of things that are actually not serving you whether it's an individual or a team or entire organization so mua's whole purpose is to um to design system that really sustainably change the work culture around mental health and happiness and we do that in different you know in, in different steps uh, number one is that we are helping a company to make it a topic in the first place so how to how to set a mission around mental health so that the 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 uh, there's an alignment within the company why they're using a tool like mua then we're helping teams to actually use the tool and get a lot out of it. They get a lot of benefits out of the tool. And then we're training the company and the leaders what to do with what the outcome is when teams using tools like MUA. So that at the end, you know, it, there's, it's a complete cycle that really impacts the culture and not just, and it's not just a bandaid, if that makes any sense. Yeah. And to, to, kind of follow on to that, um, you know, certainly given the last, uh, you know, nearly two years now that we've been, we've been living through rapidly rapid changes and certainly there's always change going on regardless of, of a global pandemic. Um, it's, you know, it seems like brands are starting to, and some in very, very early, early stages, but, you know, brands are starting to address mental well-being other types of wellness in their you know in their in their programs what's what makes mua different than some of these other offerings mm. i think two things like that, that like two things for me where where mua sticks out uh, you know in, in comparing to some of our competitors the the first thing is that we are designed as a system um, so many of our competitors are more or less a tool uh, that I compare with a Band-Aid. You, you can fix something with it, but it usually does not ripple down um, into the culture and into an organizational change. Um, and the other thing is the usability. Um, we, like when I built or when I started MUA, my, my, my highest, like, I say my, my highest my intention was or my the, the whole the whole reason why I designed it in the first place was to to give the the user uh, a tool that they actually want to use 
Um, so I know it sounds, you know, like, oh, well, we all want to do that. But in my experience, a lot of these tools are actually not designed for the user. They're rather designed for the company to get analytics out of it. And, yeah. and, and that's where we're different. So we really focus on the user, the employee, um, to make it really simple, our home design approach is very simple. Um, as I mentioned earlier, we're using symbolism. So our entire system of mindfulness is built on crossing off one of three symbols. We don't ask you questions. We don't ask. We don't give you surveys, uh, deep formulas, or what you know, whatever whatever is out there. We we really try to keep it simple and to 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 um, to set the bar low so the participation rate is frequent and it's very high. And at the same time, that the learning experience for the user, so the employee, is guaranteed. And then the second step is, of course, we also offer some analytical background for the employer. So we like to call it uh, like a, the heart rate monitor for corporate happiness. But it's not like in detail as others do, like, for example, Microsoft Viva or two likes that, you know, who really go into enterprise level analytics of what your people are doing. We are not a monitoring system, so our highest priority is to secure personal data of employees, to make sure employees are using our tool, that they are learning with our tool, and that we can build and change company culture around corporate happiness and health. You know, anytime we're talking about employers and uh, employee mental health, uh, mental wellness, and, and things, this takes a great deal of trust um, in order to do well, right? What do you mm -hmm. think that, um, you know, wh what do brands need to do to, to build this trust so that their employees really um, know and understand that, that their employer is doing this with the right intentions? Mm. I believe it's actually much simpler than we think. Um, you know, just, just the simple fact to make it a topic and to be honest about it is what most employees are looking for. But what I experience in, 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 in the practical reality is that most employers don't really want to deal with it. They just want to buy a tool or they just want to buy, they, they, want, it, they want to get something. And I, that's what I always call the Band-Aid, you know, this Band-Aid. They just want to cover it up in a way, but they're not really interested in, in making a change. And from an employee perspective, that's all they want. They just want you as an organization to deeply care and to give them space that they can express themselves, where they can vulnerable, where they can be all, where they can be everything they are, and then facilitate that. And that, in my opinion, is it's it's all it takes. Yeah, yeah, I I, I like that. So let's uh, switch gears a little bit and talk about you know another thing that's currently going on. There's na different names for it. Um, you know, one one that's used quite frequently is the Great Resignation. So you know, a lot of employees. Mm -hmm. Um, making changes, wanting to make changes, talking about making changes, and, and mm -hmm. sometimes all of the above um, to their careers, and, and often with good reasons, and, and often based on, uh, you know, a, a lot of different factors have been going into this. And, you know, I think it could be argued how long it's been kind of um, brewing for. But, you know, what, uh, how, how do you look at um, the way that, that MUA and what you're doing addresses the relationship issue between employees and employers, um, given that we're in this time where a lot of employees are, they're, they're considering other options. 
Yeah, no. First of all, you're right. Um, it is. It is a. It's definitely a topic, and it's it's impactful on both sides. I, I sometimes feel when we look at media that you know we, we write a lot about the employee perspective, like you know the people who like to change, but it's also very stressful on the employer. There are like research um, when where where magazines or I think it was the. I forgot which magazine was it the Harvard Business Journal or something like where they reviewed uh, or where they surveyed um, CEOs and and how they you know look look towards the future when it comes to um, to their to their resources of, of people and people management and they also have a lot of fear and doubts how that yeah. you know how that future look like um, so again I think MUA really helps to build. Um, conversation around the topic. That's how the system is designed in these steps that I have explained earlier, that where we facilitate, first of all, the purpose why we're implementing something like MUA in the company, then on the team level and committing to learning, and then on the cultural level to get the kind of like the approval from, from, the, from the leadership that whatever results we gain by using MUA, we are willing to act to make them better. And, and I believe, you know, that's that's the foundation of everything. So MUA really helps to communicate, to connect. Um, and I believe, like, at least how I interpret the numbers and how I interpret the, the, the studies around the great resignation. So I, I am aware, you know, they're just you know, some simplified and say people just want to change or people want to change because of remote situations or they're looking for more purpose and all that stuff. And and I agree, there's probably a part of it. But if you look between the numbers, I, I interpret it as that people are just looking to be a part of something. They want to be connected with their organization. They want to be heard and they want to be seen. They want they, they want that an organization is a, let's say it's a living organism and not like a top-down infrastructure or something like that. So in my opinion, Muad truly helps in connecting and communicating as an organization. So that to me is a great cure for people, you know, for, for, for people culture, if that makes any sense. Yeah, yeah, no, it, it definitely does. Um, and I guess to, to follow on to that, and, you know, you have a background in branding as well as, you know, with the, the work that you're currently doing, what do you think most companies are missing when, um, you know, when it comes to their branding, having kind of a disconnect with employees, you know, like, Branding isn't mm. doesn't ha isn't the only reason why why employees might consider leaving. But you know when when a brand is inauthentic, I mean we know from you know customers don't want to buy from them. You know in increasing numbers, but also you know employees are are likely to 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 feel the falseness and, and things like that. So you know what what advice would you give to to brands that might feel like there's a there's a disconnect or that they need to do something. You know, um, to be honest, Greg, my experience is that it mostly is about leadership, that um, my experience as a brand strategist many times that 
uh, you know, leaders would be all on board when it came to rebranding, um, as long as the marketing department is in charge and it's something beautiful, colorful, etc. But every time we reached that stage where we had, where we told them, well, now you guys are involved. You actually have to do something too. You have to live that change. You have to live these values that you write on paper. You have to adjust your policies, you know, in relation to the brand that we have just built. That's where usually the disconnect starts because they suddenly said, what do you mean? Like, you want me to do what? You know, and, and, and I think this is really something that goes deeper. Like, you have a lot of companies where leadership is highly involved in their brand building, or basically the company is the, yeah. the intrinsic expression of a leader. And then yeah. you have companies where there's, you know, mostly older structures, corporate structures, where there's a complete disconnect what the, what the company, like the leadership of a company, how they act and what they represent and what they write on their brand or on their paper. And I truly believe that employees, they just don't want to work in an, in, like, in an environment like that anymore in the same way like uh, people don't want to buy these products anymore because they're smarter, they are more curious, and, like, and they have choices. And I think they're playing these power cards nowadays. Well, Julius, uh, thanks so much for joining the show. Uh, for those listening, what's the best way for them to keep up with what you're doing? Yeah, well, uh, I'm very active on LinkedIn. Um, I do my best to be active on Twitter as well. Uh, the handle is uh, at Julius Geis. And of course, you can um, check out Mua, which is wemua.com. Wonderful. Well, again, I'd like to thank Julius Geis, founder and CEO of Mua, for joining the show. Thanks for listening to The Agile Brand with Greg Kilstrom. Talk with you next week. Thanks again for listening to The Agile Brand with Greg Kilstrom podcast, brought to you by Tech Systems. If you enjoyed the show, please take a minute to subscribe on your podcast channel of choice and leave us a rating so that others can find the show more easily. You can access more episodes of the show at www.theagilebrand.show. To get a copy of my latest book, Meaningful Measurement of the Customer Experience, visit my website at gregkilstrom.com. Until next week, stay agile. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. When I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com podcast. That's Indeed.com podcast. Terms and conditions apply.